Swain. And I'm James Galloway. Today we want to talk about a subject uh, that uh, needs to be very important to Christians. Uh, this is about our upcoming voting uh, elections. Uh, we're going to talk about how a Christian should vote, what they should consider when voting, um, which candidate they should support. Um, James, what is your uh, take on this? Well, we'll start um, with a passage of scripture I came across last night. It's Jeremiah 29, verse 7. And the Bible says, And seek the peace of the city, whither I have caused you to be carried away, and pray unto the Lord for it. For in the peace thereof shall you have peace. And uh, I ran across a quote from John Piper about this very first verse. And he said, If that was true for God's exiles in Babylon, it would seem to be even more true for Christian exiles in this very Babylonian world. And you don't have to look very far in the world today to see that we're not we're not a godly nation. And we're certainly not living in a, a godly world. And our only chance to make a difference in that, well, I guess we have a couple of chances. One is us doing what we're supposed to do and living our daily lives, you know, in a godly manner. But the other one is to seek leaders who would also seek God's leadership. God's direction in, in their lives, in, in, in decisions they make for the country. And um, I was listening to a radio show in Louisiana a few weeks ago, and they were talking about elections. And the guy said something that really struck me. He said, every election is a local election. And you have to think, I mean, it's true, because the decisions they make in Washington, D.C., affect our lives just as much, if not more so, than you know, some of the local elections. You know, and for us as God's people, it's tough sometimes. You know, we get caught up in our in our realm or in our little clique or whatever. You know, I'm a Democrat or I'm a Republican. You know, I believe this, I believe that. And I believe a lot of people don't really know what they believe. They're just, they go after whatever it is that their parents did or they maybe do something just to rebel against, you know, <laughs> what, right. what, they, what they were brought up doing. You know, but... It, Election is something we have to take seriously, and so many people today, they vote based upon their pocketbook. You know, uh, for those that, that vote Democrat, a lot of times it's, you know, the stuff the government can, can do for them. Right. Um, and for those on the Republican side, it's, you know, for, I, I want to keep more of what I make, so I want to pay less taxes, and I want the government to do less for me. Right. And what we, what we need to talk about goes a lot deeper than that. A lot deeper than, you know, what money we have in the bank account or what we have in our pocketbook. Right. I, I think, you know, one thing that needs to happen is more Christians need to get out and vote. Uh, I read something a few days ago that uh, stated that only like uh, 60% of Christians wow. said that they actually participated in the elections. Wow. Um, and a lot of people, some Christians may say, well, you know, God already knows what's going to happen, so why should I vote? Well, I, personally, I think it's biblical to vote. Absolutely. You know, we need to make sure that the people that we are electing to our office um, meet the standards biblically, meet, um, meet God's standards you know, as close as they can, you know, Really, out there now, many politicians, it's kind of hard to find those values in a lot of them, whether they're Republican or Democrat or Libertarian, whatever party. 
So you really have to do your research on uh, on these candidates. Just because you know, just because my candidate is a Republican, I can't take for granted that you know he's going to be the right guy. Right. You know, I have to get that. You know, I have to look him up, research, go to his website, see what he's all about, you know, see what he believes, um, and then make my decision. You know, I think a lot of Christians need to start doing some research, uh, making sure that who they are voting for is the person that uh, that God will put in office. Yeah. I, back in, um, I guess, 2000, it was after Hurricane Katrina came through. Uh, so it was either 2006, 2007, something like that, in Mississippi. We had a gubernatorial election. And Haley Barber, who was you know, former chairman, I guess, of the Republican National Committee, you know, was governor of the state of Mississippi at the time. And, um, you know, the hurricane took out the casinos that had been on the Mississippi Gulf Coast. You know, literally picked them up out of the water, put them across the highway on the other side. And Haley Barber was pushing a plan to allow the casinos to come 800 feet, 1,000 feet inland, you know, to prevent that from happening. And I disagreed with that. So I voted against it. <laughs> because, you know, I... I, I'm not a fan of, of gambling. Uh, I know people can make arguments one way or the other as far as scripture goes, but I, I, you know, I, I, there's so many negative things that come come in with that. And I saw it in our small little hometown in Mississippi and Philadelphia, Mississippi, when the uh, local Indian tribe got a casino, one casino, then two casinos, and you see everything that come with it on the Gulf Coast. But you're exactly right. We have to have to have to look farther than you know, a donkey or an elephant or red or blue right. or an R or D behind somebody's name to determine, you know, how we should cast our vote. And we've got to take it more seriously than, than what we do. Right. Right. You have to make sure that, you know, the candidate that you're voting for, whether it be for your, for your town, for your state, or federal, that, you know, they're going to vote in your best interest. Because a lot of times, you know, they they say one thing, and then when they get in their position, they actually do another. So, you know, a lot of that you can't control, but you do need to really, you know, research them. Uh, you know, even talk to them. You can try to try to you know pick their brain. Mm -hmm. and say, hey, you know, what do you what do you think about this? How would you vote on this? And, and try to. Do the best you can to, to find out you know, what these people are about, whether they're Democrat, Republican, uh, Libertarian, whatever. Uh, make your decision based on what you have researched. And you know, you, you brought up a good point. I mean, they'll they'll say whatever it takes to get elected. Right? I mean, they'll tell you what you what you want to hear. They'll get up on the debate stage and they'll say, you know, whatever they think their their group is going to want them to say, but uh, you learn a lot about somebody just by getting to know them beyond the political rhetoric, you know, uh, especially if they're getting to the, to the national level and the state level, you know, what have they done in the past? You know, not, not just, not just what you're telling me, because so many times, you know, a good person, good person has gotten elected and went to Washington, D.C. and was totally political. Right. You know? And you got to wonder, 
did they really flip or was that who they were all along? You know, and there's so much power and money that are in that that, that is in politics these days that it's just hard to, to find somebody. And I'm not being all gloom and doom. That's not what I'm trying to say. I'm just saying that we have to do our due diligence. We have to, to dig deeper into who they are versus what they say they are. Right. Um, and there's, you know, the Bible's full of examples where you know, the wrong person was chosen to lead. And it led to destruction. Um, and you know, we could very well you know, be headed down that, that road today we, if we're not careful. Who we elect to office, um, but you know, people have to understand that once you send these people to Washington, um, they're in control. That they can vote on any issue any way they want to, um, and if they don't have your best interest or the country's best interest at heart, then we could. Be headed down a road that, that it's not good. Lead to disaster. Yeah, and it, it really comes down to you know finding people who are biblically minded, because I believe all of them believe they have the country's best interests at heart. But it's what they want the country to be, you know, what they want to make the country, and that's why we see so much with the progressive movement today. You know, wanting whether it's socialized medicine or wanting. Uh, universal basic income, all those things, you know, that's really what they envision for the, for the country. But, you know, we need people who's going to stop and ask, you know, what is God's vision for the country? And I believe it was, was it Abraham Lincoln that said, you know, ask not if God's on our side, but ask if we're on God's side. You know, and uh, we lose, lose sight of that in talking about leaders. And then you go back to the children of Israel. You know, before they got a king, right? They started crying out that they wanted a king, they wanted a king, they wanted to be like all the other nations. You know, they wanted a king. And God had a plan for them to have a king, you know, but they rushed right? And they got Saul, who wasn't <laughs> godly, you know, and so many times we do the same thing today. You know, we, we get ahead of God's plan. And so many people in, in the country today, they're, they're just crying out for whatever, you know, whether they want, you know, socialized medicine, universal basic income, whatever. And I understand people wanting what they consider to be free things, you know, but my goodness, you know, stop and ask the, the, the question, you know, what would God want for us? Right. You know, what would God have us to do? And that's, that was kind of the, um, the, the first first point that I had, and that I found a voting guide online. I won't take credit for it, but a guy by the name of John Brennan actually came up with it, and that was his first point. Make God's word your primary voting guide. And he pointed to Psalm 110, 105. You know, that word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And I believe if we fully wanted our country to turn around, you know, we would truly seek God's leadership, even in the very minutest of, of details, whether it's a, a, a school board right. or, or, or county council or mayor of a town, you know, or governor, we would fully see God in making those decisions. Right. And, uh, you know, 
know, the verse uh, Chronicles, Second Chronicles, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, seek my faith, turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven yep. and heal, heal their land. Um, I think that's what we as Christians need to do because, you know, in that passage, you know, God's not talking to lost people. That's right. He's talking to Christians. He's talking to the saved people. He's saying, hey, you need to you need to get your life in order. Yep. I think that's so so many of us, you know, me included, uh, have to work each day to make sure that we're in God's will. Um, because if you look at things going on around us, you know, it's because of we forgot God. We've yep. left him out of so many things. Um, and we are we are a privileged nation right now because we can serve God and without any persecution. But you can see a trend as of late. Well, that's kind of going away to some extent. You're, you're starting to get some uh, repercussions for saying certain things um, or, or believing certain things. Um, and, you know, in other countries, you, you just can't do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't go around and share the gospel of Jesus in other in some countries. I mean, that's a that's a death sentence if they catch you doing that, you know. Um, but for right now, you know, we have that privilege to do that, which is what makes America so great. But you look at <clears throat> look at um, everything that comes against Christians these days, and. I, I don't want to call it persecution because I believe it's a strong word for what we see. You know, but there was a study done, I think it was two years ago. And for the first time in the entire inception or the, the time the study's been done, less than 50% of Americans claim to be spiritual. And that included all religions. That included Islam, Catholicism, Methodist, Baptist, you name it, all of them together, less than 50% of the country you know, claim to be spiritual. I mean, how far have we come, you know, from 100 years ago, 150 years ago? And it's because God has, you know, God blessed our nation beyond measure to see, you know, what we consider to be an inconvenience, you know, with, you know, paying, which I, bought diesel yesterday at $4.39 a gallon. And it hurts, it hurts me to do that. Yeah. You know, but I have the money to do that. But I go to, you know, an African country, and I use Uganda because I've been there a lot. You know, average income is like $1,000 a year. Right. You know, in the United States, it's well above that. You know, but we take, we take God's blessings for granted, and Look what it's gotten us as a country. You know, for the first time ever in our history, last week we surpassed thirty trillion dollars in debt. Yeah, and you know, you know what that uh, statistic is that the poorest person in America is among is in the ninetieth percentile of the richest people in the world. Yep. You know, that's how much uh, prosperity we have here. And how much opportunity that we have. Um, you know, it's. When I look at uh, the elections coming up, and, you know, 
what we have here in South Carolina. We have a governor race, and we have a few uh, state representatives, and we have a few uh, U.S. representatives. Mm -hmm. Those, especially the governor uh, of our state, we need to make sure that, that the right guy is in there uh, for this next term, because we have a lot of we have a lot of things coming that, that are going to have to that he's going to have to make a decision. And if you have the wrong person in there, then, you know those effects trickle down to everybody in the state. Mm -hmm. You know. Um, and as far as our, our you know, our senators uh, or our congressmen, representatives, uh, we send to Washington. We need to you know, make sure we're sending the right person there as well, because, like I said before, they're they're casting their vote for our state and for their constituents. Um, so we need just to make sure that um, we send the right people to those positions. Preferably people who will listen. To the people that they represent, right. you know, that don't get in there and just try to fulfill their own desires, you know, their own little checklist or wish list of, of what they want. Right. You know, thankfully, the state of South Carolina is still a conservative state. You know, I realize that you know, our neighbors to the north, maybe not so much, you know, but the state of South Carolina is still conservative. Uh, Republican governor, lieutenant governor, two Republican senators. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not sure about the state house. I know our local representative here is a Republican, but uh, our house of representatives, the state house, but house of representatives. And <clears throat> you know, I want people in in office who's going to truly bow their knee and seek the will of God. And I know that there's there are people out there in the progressive movement that you know don't like that. That they don't like that because they don't believe that we're a Christian nation. They don't want us to be a Christian nation. And that's you know, a fundamental divide that we have right now. And I believe we see the fruits of, of what we've sown in, in our leadership just in the past year and a half. And not to, to down talk any specific person, you know, but you know, our, our country's went down tremendously in the past year and a half. Yeah. Uh, whether it's economically, Socially, you know, we had the bright spot with um, the Supreme Court overturning Roe versus Wade. Uh, that's about the only bright spot, you know. And there's still those that you know still decry or still cry out separation of church and state. And of course, I, I take that uh, amendment differently. I believe that it, it means that the government should have no place in religion. The government shouldn't tell you what religion you have to. Uh, not that religion cannot play a part in government, because we know it does. You know, yeah. uh, for some it's belief in God, for some it's belief in Mother Nature or Mother Earth or something. That it's all faith. It's all spiritual one way or another. And that's why I believe uh, another point this guy made is you know we should vote for a candidate who upholds Christian principles. Uh, and as you talked about the Wago persecution, we need somebody who's going to uphold religious freedom. First and foremost, and we saw we saw what could happen during COVID when there were certain states that forced churches to close. Didn't give them a choice. Right. Municipalities that 
forced churches to close their doors. And they even began fining them, you know, if they held meetings. You know, that's not religious freedom. And, and I understand you know, that we're doing it for the betterment of the people or for the, the, the good of the people. So they can't do it. You know, we've learned a lot about COVID in a year and a half. Um, but you know, that's not the kind of people we need in leadership. We need people who's going to support religious freedom. If you want to go stand on the street corner, hold out your Bible and preach the word of God, you should be able to do that. What gets me is a lot of you know, some politicians will profess to be Christian, and then they are, you know, pro-choice. Mm-hmm. Well, what, how can that be? I mean, they totally contradict each other. I don't understand that. You know, I mean, you say you're a Christian, but but again, you 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 support the the idea of terminating a child's life. Yeah, which is. I don't find that in the Bible anywhere. You know, um, every child is a gift of God. Um, you know, you know the old adage: God doesn't make mistakes. That's right. There's not a mistake. If you're pregnant, that's not a mistake. Yep. That's uh, that's God's will. He has a purpose for that life. Every life has a purpose. Now, when you're born, you have free will to do whatever you want to do. Yep. But you are still called to glorify Him. That, that's your purpose on earth. But you still have, you know, you have free will to do whatever you want. And we see that in our society where the majority of people do whatever they want. They don't, they don't follow God's will uh, for their life. Um, and another another point I was going to bring up is the nonpartisan mm-hmm. candidates. And you really have to make sure that uh, you look at those as well because, you know, for instance, school board is a nonpartisan position. And right now, in our schools, you need people in there making decisions that are, that are, you know, Christian-based and conservative. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, these are our future leaders. And what we teach them now is what they're going to carry on for the rest of their lives. What they see now, uh, what they see from the teachers, what they see from the principals, the policies that the district put in place, um, that's that's pretty much the road they're going to take for the rest of their life. Can you look at the differences just between uh, York and Clover, right? Because we went to the, the York-Clover football game back earlier this fall, and York opened the football game with Craig. Clover, same county, you know, that's not going to happen, right? You know, and it, I think it shows the effects of th- those leaders that are that are changing. So I mean, you're absolutely right. You know, it all elections are local. Doesn't matter where it starts at, but everything affects your life. And to see what's happening in school, staying off listening to Ray this morning, they were talking about. School and it was outside of our state, of course. But uh, they were talking about some of the books that were in the library. They were talking about elementary school, you know, having books on same sex relations and, you know, drag queens coming in and reading to kids. Come on, these are young, impressionable minds. You know, whatever decisions they make later on life are their decisions to make. But, you know, if you six, seven, eight year old, I mean, 
they're going to be impressioned by that. And you're trying to form their belief into what you believe. Yeah, we're, the school is there to educate our children. Yep. Reading, writing. Not indoctrinate. Don't need to indoctrinate. Yep. That's something they, they can get on their own. They can make those decisions on their own outside of the school, outside of public education. Yep. Uh, we are, uh, our teachers, administrators, faculty, staff, whatever, are there to make sure these kids get an education free from distraction, be safe and to have every opportunity that we can give them to be successful as a human being yep. and to educate them the best we can to to give them the tools that they're going to need for their life whether they go to college whether they go to a junior college or whether they go straight into the work yep. you know, we need to make sure that, that uh, the skills we give them are the best that we can give them to make them successful. Reading, Whatever road they try to take. Reading, writing, arithmetic, science, and phys ed, you know, the stuff they need to be able to make those decisions in life. And if they have questions regarding sexuality or whatever the case may be, I mean, that's what their parents are there for. Right. You know, that's why they have a mom and dad. Hopefully, they have a mom and dad at home we can go to. Right. Um, well, we are almost out of time here for our fourth episode. Well, before we cut off, let's go okay. through this, a few okay. more of these. Let me go over over time. So, uh, so we talked about make God's word your primary voting. Okay. Uh, second, pray before casting your vote. Uh, Very important. The Bible says, you know, trust trust the Lord with all the heart and all the ways of knowledge. You know, right? Yeah, well, trust the Lord with all and all. Trust the Lord with all that heart. Do not lean into your own understanding. In all that ways, acknowledge him and he shall you know, direct your path. So, uh, let God guide you. Pray before you go into the battle process. Especially if you have any doubts or questions. So pray that God will show you who you need to vote for. Uh, vote for a candidate who's able to lead our country, state, local with, with justice. You know, we're not voting for a pastor. We're voting for you know, a president or a senator. Or school board, whatever the case may be. Uh, and going back to what we said a while ago, as far as you know, looking at somebody, you know, doing a deep dive into who they are, you know, vote for a candidate who has already demonstrated his or her ability to lead well. Um, let's see. I guess we'll go this one and we'll, we'll cut it off. Um, never forget that God is causing all things, including the upcoming election, to work together for the good of his people. Uh, God has a plan. God had a perfect plan from the outset of creation. That perfect plan was for man to live in harmony with him. But man didn't, and sin. Uh, so that God had, I won't say an alternate plan, but God had a, God's plan then became, you know, a way to save man from their sins. I mean, I believe it's the same thing with elections. God has a perfect plan for our elections. You know, we may not go along with that. We may vote a different way and change things, uh, you know, and then God may let us suffer through things, you know, for us to, to truly see what his plan is. But uh, I, I'll leave my part with this. Don't just pray for the electors, but pray for the leaders that we currently have. Uh, they may not be the people that we wanted to have there. Uh, 
but I believe it's incumbent upon us as God's people to pray for those that rule over us. He told us that. Pray for them that have the rule over you. Uh, we should pray for them. Number one, if they're lost, we should pray for their salvation. Uh, pray that God can change their heart. And if they are saved, you know, pray that God can give them the strength to lead with honor and dignity and lead according to his word. Right. And, you know, like you said, God has a plan. Um, he does have a plan. And his plan, his plan is for our, our best. He yep. wants the best for us. But in order for his plan to work, we, when I say we, I mean Christians, we have to obey. Exactly. We have to obey what he wants us to do. Um, and, there, and that's that free will again. We have to, like you said, pray, uh, seek, you know, who we feel he wants us to elect, mm -hmm. and, uh, and make our decision based on that. If we do that, I think that, that God is going to bless, going to bless us. I agree. All right, we've got about 45 seconds left, so uh, we'll wrap this one up for episode four of Deep Understanding. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, my name is David Fitzwilliam. I'm James Galloway. Galloway.